0: Hey, what up? It's Mark Carter. I'm the pastor of Fierce Church. Welcome to our podcast. I'm so pumped that you're able to join us today. I hope this encourages you, inspires you, strengthens you, gives you hope to keep pressing on. And it's my prayer that this sermon gives you a more expansive view of God's love for you. Enjoy the message. Yo, what's up, everybody? Happy Church Day. Hey, before we start, I want to tell you something that has absolutely nothing to do with the message, but it has a lot to do with Jesus. You know, one of my favorite things about Jesus... Before you become a Christian, when someone tells you you're doing something wrong or you're sinning in some way, you almost can't believe it. You're almost like, oh, 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 oh. who are you to tell me that I'm doing something wrong? But as you put your faith in Christ and trust him for his forgiveness, you're kind of surprised when people don't know what a scumbag you're finding out yourself to be. And as you get more mature in the Lord, the, the quicker, hopefully, you are to recognize evil, living, living. Within yourself, And even that's a work of God because God is revealing to us that we are betraying his moral law. And what's so wonderful about Jesus is it doesn't matter what you've done or what you're kind of discovering you've done. You're going to be convicted throughout the day, throughout the week. This is one of the most practical things about Jesus. You're going to be convicted. And even your spiritual enemy is going to use that conviction to tell you, man, look at you. Look what you did. Look what you did again. I can't believe you're still bound up in that thing. And because of Jesus Christ, here's what you get the freedom and the privilege of being able to say in that moment. Say, devil, I know you're right, but my sin is on the cross. My sin is on the cross. That is the theological reality. It is, yes, it happened, and yet it was crucified 2,000 years ago. It was put on Jesus, and the judgment of God came on him to judge that sin. And check it out, you don't have to pay that debt twice. It was already paid. And so it's good for us to be convicted, but part of maturity is having a quickness, not to just beat ourselves up. Yeah, that's how you begin, is you begin to identify, oh, there's sin inside me. But if we're going to progress onto maturity... There's, a, there's both this dual reality of, oh yes, I do recognize it, that is true, I, I shouldn't feel good about that, but don't you dare accuse those whom the Lord has defended. Who can bring a charge against his elect? It is Christ Jesus who defends them. And so we just have to realize when we're actually doing the work of the enemy by beating ourselves up back and forth and back and forth, instead of grabbing our faith and saying, man, it's just true. You can accuse me all day long, and you will be right, kinda, but you're forgetting the most important fact. My sin is on the cross, and Jesus Christ willingly and lovingly paid for it. That's my favorite thing about him, and you can do that every day. That's part of your walk that maybe you're not thinking about. You can practice that every day. So let's go ahead and start this message. I want to talk to you about The fact that you are a spiritually gifted creature and nothing in the universe should be able to hold you back from being used by God to build his eternal kingdom. So when I was probably seven or eight is when I first played Super Mario Brothers. Now, you could be one of two people. You could be Mario or Luigi, but they're kind of the same guy, okay? at least in that version. But then along came Super Mario 2 all right? Now you got four different people you can be, and they have different powers. In the old school way, like they could only, they just had different clothes on. Now you could be Mario, and he's kind of zippy. He does, you know, what Mario does. But you could be Luigi, and he kind of like floats for a while as he jumps. So if you got something, you got to like, you got to be in the air for a little while. Or you could be princess, her name was Toadstool when it first started. They later changed your name to Peach, but I guess that's because you can't sell dolls named Princess Toadstool. But she could kind of like fly across chasms and cliffs, okay? And then you had Toad. He's this little strong mushroom headed guy. And so if you needed to lift something really heavy, Toad had your back. You could go through the game and you could pick which character you wanted to be, and it would help you have an advantage. It would help you get some things done a little more optimally than you might have been able to do if you could only be one of these people. In a way, the church of Jesus Christ is a little like Super Mario 2. God has given everyone who's trusted in Jesus Christ spiritual gifts, things that help us move the ball forward and cause the gospel of Jesus' love and forgiveness to be put into the world. Let me say it a different way. And I don't want you to take this in a weird way. You got to stick a dynamite in your pocket. And it's called the Holy Spirit of God. And he will empower you and I to do things that we could never do. But not only that, he's got a plan of how it all works together in every local body of Christ and in the big C church worldwide. He's got different things that he wants different people doing. And when we don't shirk back, if we don't hold back, if we don't get a little bit afraid, he's able to use us powerfully. But that's the trick, is we might get a little bit afraid. We might hold back. We might get insecure. We might just say, "Ah, I don't know if I'm I'm the right person or I don't know if I'm really gifted in any way at all. And if you've ever felt like that, like I felt like that, I wanna introduce you to Timothy. You've met him before, but he's the primary target of our message today. The apostle Paul, okay, check this out. He's writing the very last letter that he's going to pen for scripture. It's called 2 Timothy. The year is AD 67 and Paul is executed in AD 67. And he kind of knows it. Like he knows this is coming. You, you get wind throughout the letter. He's telling Timothy, Hey man, my time's about up. Like, I I don't know if the Lord revealed it to him. I don't know what happened, but he knew he's in jail. He's going to get his head chopped off. And he knows this thing is coming. And he's a little concerned about Timothy because we can see in Timothy, he's, he seems like he's just kind of like intimidated sometimes. Like he's a little bit, he's the kind of guy that maybe it's because he's young, I don't know, but he, he holds back a little bit. And so Paul has to like prod him from time to time. And especially with regard to what comes next, because Paul knows I'm about to check out. And Timothy, you gotta go, man. You can't let anything hold you back. The message of God's love and God's grace and God's forgiveness, it has got to keep going. So let's pick it up, Second Timothy 1, 6. This is why I remind you, Timothy, to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. That was like Timothy's, it was kind of like an ordination, okay? And sometimes when, when, preach, when a leader would lay his hands on someone who's coming behind him, the spirit of God might even impart something right there. And apparently there was some kind of spiritual gift that had been imparted into Timothy. It was his it was, it was commissioning, so to speak. And Paul says, hey man, you remember that? You need to fan into flames that spiritual gift that God put in you On that day, verse seven, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self discipline. Power, love, and self discipline. Last week, we introduced you to the fierce pathway. And we went around the track, so to speak. And, you know, we start out engaged and then we move into. We're engaged with Jesus and and community. Then we move into a little bit more aggressively being a part of the church family. We need a good foundation. We need a base of fellowship and accountability. And now we're going to move down just for this week. We'll come back to some of these other ones, but we're going to move down to equipped. This is at six o'clock. And this is where the spirit of God, because we've trusted Christ, he gives us His spiritual gift or gifts, and we're learning to use them for the sake of the body of Christ. And Paul says to Timothy, hey, um, I need to make sure that you're stirring this thing up and that you don't miss all that God wants to do for you. So if you've trusted Christ, that means you've got spiritual gifts. And God and Paul wants to make sure that you and I don't waste them, don't not use them. Isn't it awesome to know that you're here for a purpose? Like, like that's not just something on TV. Like, you're actually here for a purpose. And one of the ways that we find our spiritual gifts, sometimes you'll hear people say, so, you know, go online and take the spiritual gifts test, then you'll know what they are. I think that's moderately helpful, maybe. I haven't found it necessarily super helpful. It maybe orients you a little bit to the kinds of things you should do, but here's what really works. Try stuff. You just try stuff. This is how it works for me. This is how it's worked for a lot of you. You just start doing stuff, and here's how you can tell when it's really a spiritual gift is, number one, people are helped. Like, there's a trail behind you of like, oh, that's helping. That's actually encouraging and building up people and causing the body of Christ to grow. And number two, it points to Jesus Christ. And that's the difference. Because you could do something in the world. You could write hit songs, and they're beautiful, and they're awesome. And yet, if it's not really about building up the body of Christ and pointing to Jesus, it's an awesome natural gift, but it's not the same thing as a spiritual gift. When God gives a spiritual gift, we got to know they're not about us. They're for the sake of the people of God. And always, 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 somebody say always. Always it's always about pointing to Jesus. And the way we would misuse that tool is we point to somebody else, or we point to us, or we point to the gift instead of the master who gives it. So he says, Timothy, don't let this thing go out. If, if you've ever been in charge of the fire pit or the fireplace, you know, sometimes you got to stir that thing up, man, or you got to move the logs around a little bit, or you got to kick them and try not to burn your shoe. Well, maybe you haven't done that recently because maybe you live in a house or apartment with a furnace and so you don't really need a fire pit all that much. So I want to give you a little different illustration. When I was playing Super Mario 2 in my basement as a kid, sometimes I would get thirsty and I would run on up to get some Purple Source Rex Kool-Aid, okay? <laughs> and when I would get my Purple Source Rex Kool-Aid, sometimes it'd been a couple days since any of the kids took a swig, okay? So... I don't think you can see this super well, but from looking down, you can see that it's a little clearer up at top than it is on the bottom. Some of the, the Kool-Aid stuff has sunk to the bottom, the, the Kool-Aid set sediment. It's down there. Now, as a kid, if I took a nice glass of kind of watered-down purple Saurus Rex, i just dump that stuff right back in. You know what I'm saying? I know there's four other kids, and, and they might have some, but you don't care when you're that age. You just, hey, that's not for me. What you would need to do if you wanted to get the goodness that's down in there, the power and the potency, baby, it's really easy. You just got to stir it up. That's all you got to do. And just stir that thing up. Just stir it up. And suddenly it's got potency and it's got power. And that's what we've got to do with our spiritual gifts. And he says, Timothy, I need you to stir it up. I don't need you to wait for somebody. I don't need you to go to a conference about it. You just decide I'm going to stir this thing up and I'm going to use it for God's glory. We need to use our spiritual gifts because using is different than having. It's, It's great that you have one, but are you using it? And here's the thing about the Spirit of God. We can either stifle him or we can open that thing up and be like, Spirit of God, you do whatever you want to do with me. We can either quench the Spirit or we can say, no, 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 I want more. Fill me more. But here's the deal. Some would say, well, when am I going to see the power of God when you use your spiritual gifts? You want to know a real natural? That's not the only place you'll ever see but if you want to know a real natural place that you're going to see the power of God, when you, when you disciplinedly and uh, in a stirred-up way, you just start to use your spiritual gifts. And you're, you're going to recognize some things. Wow, God is using this. From time to time, he's going to let you see that. Wow, I feel like this is actually helping people. And when you're really gifted, you start to feel the joy of God. Even if you think, I don't particularly, I wish I didn't have this gift. Even so, God doesn't always care what we think about that. He just, he makes a deposit and he's expecting a good return. And so whatever we do, we've got to not let fear hold us back. But there's a few other things that might hold us back. So let's look at them. Four enemies of a gifted church real fast. We're going fast through this one because we're going to go outside in the hall and look at some stuff in a couple minutes. Enemy number one is ignorance. So Timothy is not the only time Paul has talked about spiritual gifts. He spent a lot of the book of 1 Corinthians talking about spiritual gifts. And he recognizes, he says, hey, you Corinthians, you're really gifted. The problem is you're all carnal. Y'all have a lot of gifts. You just misuse them. You make them about yourself or you, you make it about a show or you make it about a pageant in church instead of about Jesus Christ. He says, verse one, now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. It's not good to not know. Sometimes we would veer away. I don't don't know about all that spiritual gift stuff. Maybe because you heard something weird or you saw something weird once upon a time, somebody did something that was out of balance or whatever, but you're like, I don't need that. And Paul says, no, you do. You need this because this is the Holy Ghost dynamite in your pocket. You're going to need to blow hell off some people and you're going to need this stuff. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Have you contemplated that recently? That God has actually planned good things for you to do? Now that doesn't mean you're gonna go cure cancer. It's probably a lot more subtle than that. It's probably the day in and day out of you being faithful to use the gifts you have in the context that you're in. But I like the message version especially. It says, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does, the good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. Yikes. Why is this such a big deal? Well, for the Corinthians, they were a very disunified people. And here's the problem with a disunified church or a church that has pulled back a little bit is the church of Jesus Christ is largely how God wants to solve the problems of the world. I'm gonna say it again because you're not gonna believe it. God's primary plan for helping the world is congratulations, it's you, you're it, okay? Now people would get, you know, people have ingenuity, natural giftedness, and they invent all kinds of stuff, and they do all kinds of stuff, and that's good, but that's just the result of them being humans created in God's image. In terms of bringing the redemptive power into the world that God wants everyone to have through Jesus Christ, it's up to you and to me. That's why he needs us unified, and that's why he explains this. Verse 4, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but it's the same spirit as the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Somebody say, so we can help each other. God says, I don't want you to stick your head in the sand. I want you to recognize the purpose of me giving you this is so you can get after it and help one another. And I don't want you ignorant about it. When you come in in the morning, on a Sunday morning, and, and there's, there's somebody in the parking lot or there's someone in the, in the lobby and they're waving to you or they're opening the door, whatever they're doing, God is saying, I've gifted that person to be able to demonstrate my smile because I want to smile. I want to show them my smile. When you see workers in uh, fierce kids, teachers, when you see the security people, when you see all those folks, you got to recognize it's more than just them. Jesus is present in their gifts and he is telling you and your kids, God cares about kids. God wants to instruct kids in the way that they should go. He says, bring all the kids to me. When you see or you hear about folks that are discipling teenagers in fierce teens, God is telling you, hey, I care about these kids. I care about what happens to them. And I put desires into my people so they will do my work, so they will represent me in those contexts. And sometimes, you know, it's it's, it's something really behind the scenes. For others, he's given them spiritual gifts of like, you know, computery stuff and spreadsheet stuff. And some of us say, yuck, yuck, yuck. And yet God says, I care about order. I care about this whole thing working. And I want you not just to like use your gifts. I want you to give me the glory because he is the source. Are you seeing when people serve you in this church, are you recognized that's Jesus actually serving me? And that's them partnering with Jesus. Here's enemy number two, comparison and arrogance. I'm going to put these two together because we need to shorten the message. So we're just going to say two and three. There's two and three. It's comparison and arrogance, or as Pastor Brennan says, comparagance. Sometimes we don't like the gifts that we have. and We're like, God, what is this? Are you serious? You give me this gift? Do you know about some other of these gifts? Have you seen those, God? Because they're really cool, and I don't like the gifts that I have. And yet God does know. He says in verse 11, it is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides. Somebody say, he alone decides. He alone decides which gift each person should have. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body for us. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. Skipping to verse 18. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. And I'm going to jump all the way to 27. All you together are Christ's body, and each of you are a part of it. Hey, um, it's not... Well, you, you, you get the metaphor here. He's saying the body of Christ is like one big body and everybody is a little bit different part, but they're all the same thing. So y'all gotta get on the same page. You gotta decide to agree with one another and celebrate that each one is different and that you don't need to be everything. You don't need to compare yourself. You don't need to be jealous about it. And it's Jesus who's living through them all. And for some of us, you know, we're a little bit more insecure. And so we get comparing start to compare. Well, and I think comparison leads to us feeling bad. Because we're like, well, you know, I'm only this. I'm only me. Or I don't even know what I am, but I know I'm not that. And I feel like that's important. And God likes that. And I don't know that God likes who I am. Well, according to that, God himself is the one who decided what gifts would go where. And he's asking us to stir ourselves up, whatever the gift is. Timothy, Paul didn't tell Timothy, I need you to go add something to your gifts. No, just take what you got, baby. Start where you are. Stir up what you got and see what doors God will open after that. Just start where you are. And let's not fool ourselves into thinking that only the visible things are the important things. I'm, I can't wait for heaven for, one, for one, one of the reasons I can't wait for heaven is because I'm, I think it's going to trip everybody out. When you, when you who went to this church, when you see... How many people were killing it behind the scenes that you didn't even know? You didn't even know they were there because they're quiet and they just have a part that isn't super visible. But every week, like I see it, I see them rocking it. I see them laying down their life. And you don't even know that like they're bleeding for you to come in and have a worship experience. And and you might be like, "Eh, I don't know what the big deal was there. Well, people like almost killed themselves in Jesus for you to be able to hear God's word. And that's happening every week. I can't wait for some of us to see that whatever you are it's important if you're feeling insecure to to decide to believe god has placed me here and it is here that he wants to develop me to grow me and to use me but i gotta stir myself up i gotta decide i can't wait for someone to come shake me and if you want me to shake you i will i mean if that you think that'll help but I don't think it's what Paul had in mind. we got to shake ourselves. And, and another side of that coin is arrogance, though. That's where we kind of think, I can't believe so-and-so gets to do this when I should be doing it. I'm way smarter than them. I'm way better looking. I'm probably, I'm probably way better at it. And you know the problem with, with us when we're arrogant? Is we're just really in love with what we know. And we're not in love enough with what we don't know. We're really in love with what we know. Me, I know how to do it. I'm better at it. I should be the one in charge of it. Instead of, I think I just need to fall in love with what I don't know. There's so much that I don't know. There's a whole lot more that I don't know than I do know. And God knows where to put me. And I found that this is the test often. God takes people that would desire to be seen, and he says, nah, that won't do. That, that's hell still living in you. and you're, you're just desiring to use me to glorify yourself. So he finds ways to take those people and kind of put them off to the side. He says, well, let's see you you serve when you're not getting any applause. Let's see what you do when nobody you feel like even notices because that thing has to die in us. And then there's others who they definitely do not want any kind of like anyone to see them ever. And yet God like pushes them out. He's like, no, I, I I want you to embrace this even though it's uncomfortable because it'll teach you to trust me. In both cases, they both have to die to self. In both cases, they both need to trust God. So I don't know, and, and, and I feel like many of us were often on the spectrum somewhere of those two. Like sometimes you don't wanna be seen, sometimes you do, and we just gotta trust. I don't know all that. All I know is God picked what I would have. God put me where he put me, and so I'm just gonna to decide to use it, and God is gonna grow me and be faithful to give me what I need in the time I need it. Let's go to number four. Enemy number four is distraction. We had ignorance, comparison, arrogance, and distraction. Verse 31, so you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. So, so they're all jacked up, man. They're all like, I want to be cool and look like I know have spiritual power and know what's going on. And these other guys, they're saying, no, I want to appear more spiritual. And Paul says, oh, you morons. He didn't write that, but that's the Carter version. You morons. Don't you see that it doesn't matter what anybody thinks about how cool you are. You could have all the gifts, but if you don't have love, you don't have anything because the love is the why. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you the way of life that is best of all, 1 Corinthians 13, 2. If I had the gift of prophecy and I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and I had faith such faith that I could move mountains and it'd be really impressive to everybody, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. What did he tell Timothy? God God's not giving you a spirit of timidity. But of power, we talked about the power, and of love. It's all about love. Let's not forget that the why is love. And I feel like we got, we've got to stir ourselves up for that too and remind ourselves. So if you serve here at Fierce or you're thinking about serving here at First Fierce, you've got to train your brain to keep thinking, the reason I'm doing this is love. The reason I'm doing this is to show people the love of God. So if you're going to serve with fierce kids, you're thinking, I, I, I do like kids, but I need them to see the love of Jesus. That's my why. That's what I want to do. If you're going to serve in fierce teens, I want these young people to understand that I, like maybe I didn't, the love of Jesus. I need, to do, I need to do love, and that's the right why. If you're going to serve in the back room on spreadsheets, why am I doing all this thing? Because I want people to see the love of of Jesus. And sometimes love is the only thing that'll get you through. So I tell myself a little bit, there are times when my perfectionism really jacks up sometimes what God wants to do through me because I need it to be just right. I need it to be just perfect or I'm never going to push record or I'm never going to start or I'm just like, ah, this isn't good enough. We got to hold it. We can't move forward with this thing. And it isn't until the Lord convicts me, do it to love people. Don't do it because it's perfect. Don't do it because you feel great about it. Do it because it helps people, and I'm asking you to love them in my name. Give your imperfect so that it can love people. Have you thought about that, some of you who are jacked up like me? You've got perfectionism. You want it to be perfect. You want it to be so excellent. And it should be excellent because God's an excellent God and we should offer him our excellence. But, it, but if it's paralyzing you from moving forward, can you just say, forget the excellence for a minute. People need to be loved. I just need to go as I am. I just need to bring what I got because I know it actually will help people and I want to love them. See, if we do everything great and if you even stir yourself up, and then you offer a drink of some delicious purple source Rex. Ah! There's no sugar in this thing. That's spiritual gifts without love. It's stirred up. It's potent. It's just not sweet. It's just not good. It's just not what, it's not what you want to really offer anybody. That's why we need love. We need to go back to the why. Power, love, and self-discipline. So in a few minutes, we're, uh, we're going to invite you. you we won't make you go. We won't drag you. But there, there's different stations out in the lobby that are just set up to t- show you about some different ministries that are available for you to try out any spiritual gifts that you may or may not know. But before we go out there, I want you to watch this. Now, it's really low res, okay? But it's a clip from an old school movie, Far and Away, Nicole Kidman, Tom Cruise. They're really young, okay? But I want you to watch this clip because there's a spiritual gifts application here. All respect. Sometimes, just like Shannon, I don't know how else to say it. People are just a little prissy. Like, you're just wimpy you got to get your hands dirty, Shannon. Okay. You got to plunge and scrub, plunge and scrub. You're going to get your hands dirty. You can't just wait to feel it. You can't, oh, there's a delicate way. No, there isn't. It's supposed to be hard. You follow a man who went up a hill and died on a cross. I don't think he felt particularly good about it. I don't think he waited to feel anything. He just went because it's what had to be done. So can I just lovingly challenge everybody? Don't be prissy about this. Don't be prissy. Come on, man. That's not the saver you follow. Let's decide whatever it costs, man, I'm going to get the thing dirty and I'm going to scrub and I'm going I'm to come home sweaty maybe. Occasionally I'm going to have some bloody nicks. And it's all because my king is worthy of it. And it is how he demonstrates his life and his personality to the rest of the world. So, my friends, let's stir ourselves up and let's bow our heads and pray. God, in every corner of our life, we want to be useful to you. We want to be profitable to you. You gave everything for us. And so we pray that you would lead us into, for those of us, maybe we just have no idea, But we pray that that wouldn't stop us. We wouldn't wait for for perfect circumstances. God, help us. Give us a nudge to get involved somewhere so that you can use our gifts so that the body is not deprived and so that more and more people can know the good, awesome, beautiful, wonderful, perfect Savior, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. If you don't have a home church and you're looking for a Bible preaching community that has its heart set on passionately knowing Jesus and being his witness in our generation, check out Fierce.Church. We'd love for you to join us either digitally or in person. Also, if you're looking for leadership development related content, don't forget to check out the Fierce Leadership Podcast, available wherever you get your podcast from. Special thanks to those of you who give generously to support this ministry. It's because of you that this is possible. You can click on the link in the description to give now or visit Fierce.Church for more information if you enjoyed this podcast why not subscribe share it with your friends click on the share button take a screenshot and share it on social media or wherever you would share such things whatever challenges you're facing i know you can make it don't give up hang on to jesus he won't let go of you jesus loves you so much and we love you i hope someday we get to meet in person thanks again for listening